Welcome, Gunna, and Merry Christmas. It's January 7th, 2010, and this is 508 Show in Alpha To all of our Orthodox friends, Merry Christmas. This is the Orthodox Christmas. Today on the show we have Brendan Melikin, always an iconoclast. Brendan, how are you? Excellent. How are you, Mike? Good. We're, uh, we're getting back into the swing of things, stepping on each other's lines and the whole bit, but we'll figure it out. Um, today, uh, this weekend, was there seems to be news. There seems to be stuff going on, would you say? Um, yeah, surprisingly, there, there does seem to be a lot going on, and, uh, and most of it seems to be surrounding uh, a sort of whirlwind surrounding the uh, chief of police here in Worcester. Let's bury that deeper in the show. We also got Pharmasphere. We also got Twitter. Uh, we also got uh, w- Ones to Watch. And I would say probably the top story of January, as it is every January, is the Pulse Magazine's Ones to Watch list. This is a list that the Pulse magazine puts out. The Pulse is a monthly magazine. Um, I think that they're aimed at uh, college students in particular. I think that they're aimed at college women in the city of Worcester. Although last year, uh, when I was on the ones to watch list, I asked a friend of mine who is a recently graduated Worcester College woman, I said, hey, this is like your demographic, this magazine, right? And she said, no, I think this is for creepy old men who are interested in my demographic. But in either way... This is the list. This is the list of the ones to watch people. If you're thinking about like implementing widespread surveillance, this is the people to put on that list. This year we have 11 people. Are you ready, Brendan Mellican? Go ahead, Michael. Brendan Mellican, alumnus of the ones to watch list. We have Ali Simone. As is Michael Bennett. As is Michael Bennett. As is like half the people on the show. This year, nobody on the show is on the list. We have Ali Simone of the Worcester Animal Rescue League, uh, the executive director who is only 25, but is on the list. Nice picture of her here with the dog. Good job, Ali Simone. Don't know her. Do you know? Do, if you know any of these people, give a little shout-out, okay? I, I don't know Ali, but I, I find that interesting. Is, is this like the Pulse taking a swing at the city for you know the whole Pitbull uh, thing earlier in the year? This could be. This or could be. Oh, let me skim this and see if they talk about the whole Pitbull thing. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, like, the, 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 the Worcester Animal Rescue League has not been supportive of the city of Worcester deciding to become dog experts and have breed-specific uh, breed specific ordinances. Um, and uh, so the city was all like, well, forget you guys. We're going fi- to find somebody else to be our, our partner in dealing with these dogs. But there you go. I don't know. We should get Ali Simone on the show to talk about pit bulls. That could be fun. Number two, Caitlin McCarthy. You know Caitlin McCarthy? Screenwriter slash English teacher. No, but she's on the list. There's a couple. She's got a couple of good links here too. People can check it out. Number three, Jake Cutler of the president of Barnstorm Cycles, which is a custom motorcycle thing in Worcester. I met this guy. I interviewed this guy at Start on the Street. He was a nice guy. Number four is Lisa Condit, director of marketing and PR at the Hanover Theater. She's over forty years old, also, which is kind of a, a new thing for this list. Um, Number five is Marcus Ohanesian, who is the owner of Honor Roll Productions and the founder of the Open Road Music Festival. So there you go, music guy, music festival guy. Next on the list, Meredith Bond, the owner of Crave 26 Events slash Paint the Town Pink, which is all about specialty event planning. 
Next on the list is Michael Clark, the owner of Status Ride Car Rentals in Cinch IT. Do you know this? I just know that there are some really nice cars available for rent. All I've right. seen people in a few of them. Very nice vehicles. So this is like if somebody, if you're like really excited to drive a Ferrari or a Lamborghini, you could rent the cars from this guy and drive them around. They will be very excited to rent one to you, yes. And, uh, it will increase your status by around 3%. <laughs> there you go. You know what it's all about? It's all about metrics. It's all about measurable return on investment. Next on the list. I agree. Okay. Uh, next on the list is Ravi Perry, an NAACP organizer and an assistant professor at Clark. I would never have thought that there would be a Clark professor who would be on this list who I would not have met, but Ravi Perry is that Clark professor. Although possibly, I don't know, possibly I have met him under some sort of other uh, other situation. Oh, no, he just moved to Worcester, so there you go. I never met this guy. I'm sure I will meet him soon. Number... That's why you want to keep an eye on this guy. Is he just moved into the city, and we, we have to be concerned about anyone who would make a decision like that late in life. These are the, oh, who, a guy who moved. He's actually not that late in life. He's, only, he's in his late 20s. He's actually at the same age when he's moving to Worcester that I was when I moved to Worcester. So my advice to Robbie Perry is watch out. Watch out, Professor. That's exactly why we were keeping our eye on you for a while as well. <laughs> to see what was going to happen. Uh, number 29 is Rhiannon Doherty, relief worker. And what's not number 29? 29 years old is Rhiannon Doherty, relief worker. Also, sometime model. Also, vegetarian activist. Does it mention this in the article? Not really. Anyway, I've actually met her. She's a nice person. She's never been on this show, unfortunately. Uh, then number 10 and 11, the final two people in the list, and the final two people, never panelists on this show, are Justin Mayotte and Justin Hammond, who do Flash House Studios, doing photography and other kinds of photo work. There you go. Those are the ones to watch. Ladies and gentlemen, keep your eyes open. I don't know that we have any... Uh, I'm trying to think of any past ones to watch have showed up in, showed up in the news in late 2010. I think Guy Glotus not winning the uh, not winning the uh, uh, sheriff's race. Or no, what did he run for? Treasurer? What did Guy Glotus run for? No, he ran for auditor. Auditor. <laughs> One of these. <laughs> they're all the same in my mind. <laughs> Guy Glotus. Guy Glotus is a, a, a political campaign. Probably the the main thing from a ones to watch alone uh, that I can recall in 2010. Let's talk about this thing with the police and the travel. What's going on with the thing with the police and the travel? What is going on with the police and travel? Well, you know, a lot of this seems to be stemming from the uh, decision to put the city's checkbook online, which I think everyone should realize now that, you know, it, the city of Worcester has put all of its expenditures uh, in searchable format online. And one of the first things that people seem to have started doing was looking to see who uh, in the city administration was being reimbursed for well, pretty much anything. And uh, one of the things that came up was that there seems to be not a, a lot of money, but a fair amount of travel within administration members, not just on the police department, but there's plenty on the school side as well, too. And uh, since this is the first time I think a lot of folks have actually seen this stuff, it's not like it's anything new. I mean, it's mostly just professional development travel for conferences and, and what have you. Um, but there is some concern about uh, where the money was actually going. Um, you know, in, in, you know it, it, uh, the idea of people are, are booking, you know, four-star hotels uh, that are you know, maybe a little bit overpriced, 
you know, are, are people spending money on things that are accessories to the conference, not necessarily the uh, conference themselves? In a weird way, it, it's, it shouldn't be too big of a deal because we're not talking about you know extreme amounts of money. We're only talking in the thousands of dollars, not tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, but you know, I think it's also fair to remember that this is a city where you know only three weeks ago or four weeks ago, three weeks ago, we spent you know four hours of the city council's time debating whether or not it was okay to raise property taxes you know for individuals roughly thirty dollars for the entire year. Um, so I mean, we you know we tend to take. Uh, our nickels and dimes rather seriously around here, and I think that's what th people are keeping their eye on, and it's just uh, making sure that the policies that are in place by the uh, put in place by the manager's office are being adhered to on both the school department side um, and the police department when it comes to uh, professional development travel. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't think it's any secret really that the city of Worcester uh, tends to take its money seriously. You know, I mean, we we saw this a couple of weeks back with the city council, you know, when they were voting on the uh, tax rate. You know, raising the residential tax rate roughly thirty dollars, and that thirty dollars took a rough, rough, roughly four hours to debate. Um, so you know, I mean, that they seem to be doing the same thing with members of the administration now, uh, looking at the expenditures that they're making for travel uh, and reimbursement, and uh, just try, trying to make sure that the the figures are appropriate. Uh, you know, and, and it seems like a fair question. You know, should should a member of the administration uh, be staying at a four star hotel? Uh, should somebody in the administration know enough to go to Priceline to look for their be the best rate they can get uh, for a hotel, as opposed to just booking a hotel through a travel agent or, or directly? Um, you know, it's I, I think there are fair questions, and, and I don't think the uh, the whole issue is, is done with just yet. Do you think? And so, and do you think the timing of this is just because this is when the when all these bills came online, when all this checkbook stuff came online? Uh, for the most part, yeah. I mean, there's no uh, there's really nothing else that could. Uh, could be attached to, the, to this directly. Um, I, I wouldn't want to, you know, guess in anybody else's motivations and what have you. The checkbook just uh, came online back in November, I believe it was. Um, so yeah, people are really just starting to sift through and, and see who, uh, who who's received reimbursements from from the city. Um, yeah. Has there been any? Have people been upset about this? Actually, dig through these records. Has there been? Has you know, it, it's it's hard to put a finger on it. It, it, it is hard to put a finger on. I, I think the elected officials in the city are, are definitely uh, worked up over it. It's tough, though, to put a finger on you know the general public and, and how they, they feel about things like this. I would guess that this is the sort of thing that would uh, have the average Worcesterite uh, up in arms at some point in time when you see a final tally for the uh, expenditures on, on each individual department. Um, but, yeah, time will tell. So these nickels and dimes are not going to get people upset, but whenever they get added up, the dollars is what's going to make people upset. That's my little aphorism about all of this. All right, has this has this focused on any particular parts of the city government? I mean, I've seen this people talking about uh, like school administrators and police and I, the the big focus seems to be the police department uh, because that's where the travel seems to be um, heaviest. Uh, at least what what people have have dug into thus far. Hmm. Uh, but there are also concerns on the. Um, the school side as well too. Uh, my limited understanding uh, over there, uh, and maybe this is something that we could have Tracy Novick on to talk about and, and clarify, but a lot of the money that we use for professional development comes from Title I funds. Mm -hmm. So I think the argument there is, are, are there ways that we could better spend Title I funds that you know ultimately are targeted towards um, you know schools that have uh, 
issues with like poverty and nutrition and, and whatnot. Hmm. Uh, could that money be better spent in the schools as opposed to sending somebody to San Diego for a conference? Um, so a lot of that school money is not coming directly from a lot of that school money is not coming directly from Worcester taxpayers. Then it's sort of coming in. Well, it's coming. It's coming indirectly from federal or or state stuff. Exactly, and, and that's similar to the money for the police department as well. Too, a lot of that money comes from either grants or comes from uh, for, uh, forfeited a- assets. Uh, you know, the the forfeitures that come, the cash forfeitures and, and asset forfeitures that come through the DA's office after arrest. Okay. Uh, so, you know, in a way, we're not talking about uh, necessarily taxpayer money. Uh, and I think we all know that you know not all dollars are created equal, and they do need to be used for specific pur- purposes. But I think the argument still stands: could we be getting a better deal? for uh, some of these uh, travel expenses. Yeah, at the end of the day, it is city money, right? I mean, it's being given, I mean, it's being given to the city, so it's city money at that point. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the I, I think most people will recognize at this point, if, if you or I were to come to, you know, New York for a conference or whatnot, we would probably, you know, hop onto Priceline or something, a service along those lines, Expedia, to, to, to work on getting a good deal uh, for that travel. It doesn't seem like we're doing the same thing on, on the municipal level, mm-hmm. which you know it, is silly in a way. You know, it's it, it's easy stuff to do. Um, maybe it's because we don't have access to the internet uh, within, uh, you know, city hall. You know, whenever I used to travel uh, for business, and I there was a year of my life where I traveled pretty extensively for business. Um, uh, I would just like call our company travel agent. I don't think that the person worked in the building, right. if I recall. But there was somebody who was like the person who was in charge of dealing with that. Does the city not have, not contract out with somebody like that? Now, that's a good question. I mean, the, the last company that I worked for, where you know there's a fair amount of travel, uh, we all handled our, our own travel, um, and it was ex- it, the expectation was that we would search pretty uh, vigorously for the the best deal possible. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and, and that's part of the thing too. Is it's there's no reason to not there's no almost no reason to not stay at like a four star hotel if you're in Manhattan, but you you should be paying for a four star hotel the same rates that you'd be paying you know a, a rack rates for you know a two star hotel mm-hmm. uh, because of these services that are out there. I mean, you know, it, there's, there's no problem getting a, a hotel in Times Square for you know 120 bucks via Priceline these days. Yeah, yeah, present post around. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I'm kind of disappointed that you don't have some sort of some sort of conspiracy theory about this subject. Well, I might actually have. I might own some conspiracy theories on this, but I, I, I'm not really comfortable putting them out there because, again, it's it's other people uh, pushing this stuff forward, and uh, I don't want to read too deep into their motivations. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Speaking of, I got a conspiracy theory for you. You ready? Pharmasphere. What is the deal with Pharmasphere? There's an article in uh, Worcester Magazine this week by Kevin Kazara. Sorry, Kazwara. I never, I haven't met him, but that's obviously he says his name. Kevin Kazwara writing about how, you know, Pharmasphere, which was supposed to be like the linchpin tenant of the cleaned up South Worcester Industrial Park, this sort of uh, previously polluted vacant area in uh, kind of in the main southish area. Um, that the pharmacy has basically formally polluted, still currently vacant. So formally polluted, still currently vacant. Uh, that this company, Pharmacy, was gonna. They were like, you know what? You should like uh, basically give us a section of this land, and we're gonna go there, and we're gonna grow periwinkles on an industrial scale for pharmaceutical extracts from them. And uh, you should basically just give this to us for free, and we'll do a lot of stuff with like loans and tax credits and whatever, and that'll be pretty sweet too. 
And the city was like, great. And the people across the street said, hey, city, we'll, we'll actually give you 50 grand free and clear for the space to expand our business over into there. And the city said to the people across the street, no, your money's not good enough for us. We like pharmacies $1 better than your 50000 Here it is, three years later, nothing, nothing. The city of Worcester keeps extending the deadlines. And Bill Randall has some, as, as always, has some good, some good stuff about this. Um, he actually has two questions that I, he has three questions, but there's two questions that I like. The third question is just why do they interview the same old people for these articles? I don't know the answer to that. The two questions he asks that we could maybe think about answering is number one, why haven't we already put together a new RFP when the LDA expired this past September? Sorry, the phone here is ringing. Uh, basically the, the LDA is the land, oh man, oh man. Bill Randall has, has suckered me. I think it's like the land distribution agreement or something like this. Um, anyway, that's the question. Is why have So basically, the original thing with pharmacy expired in September. Why didn't the city just immediately say, fine, let's like reopen the bidding? Why did the city decide to have September, October, November, December, January, five more months of sort of wasting everyone's time? You know, when nothing, no, you know, you shake the magic eight ball. Science do not point to yes. Science point to no on Pharmasphere. His second question is, who's paying the interest on the $2.5 million housing and urban development loan that the city of Worcester took out on behalf of Pharmasphere? That I don't know anything about. Um, that's an interesting question. Do you have any thoughts on this? I don't have answers for you. Um, I, you know, I mean, I, the, the pharmacy thing almost gets more absurd every time something comes up to talk about. Cause I, I think almost everybody in the city has now agreed that this is probably the closest that we'll ever come to having bought into, like, an outright scam. Mm -hmm. uh, yet we pretend, we kind of dance around the issue and, and just try and figure out what is actually going wrong with the deal itself. Uh, not, not just taking a giant step back and saying, should we have ever been involved with this deal, period. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, if the goal was to grow periwinkles down at, uh, at the southwestern industrial complex, I say we should just head down there with a bunch of wildflower seeds and plant them ourselves. And we don't need to worry about a, a, a company that seems to be fully funded by or, and run by lobbyists uh, to to get things underway. We'll just grow our own plants. It's true. I want to complain to Kevin about his article in Worcester Magazine because it's you know what it's great to see an article complaining about pharmacier anywhere in the mainstream press. Um, you know, researching the Southwestern Industrial Park, most of the information that you're finding is newspaper articles. And as we said in our famous Southwestern Industrial Park episode, it's like all completely the same article over and over. It's like a new dawn is coming. The sun is just around the corner. The, I don't know if the sun's just around the corner. Something is just around the corner. The sun is just, just under the horizon. It's just about to come up um, over and over and over for 16 years. And at some point, like reading these articles back to back, but written by different reporters, you just say to yourself, like, you need to have a more critical eye when it comes to this kind of stuff, reporters. Kevin starts off his article saying the South Worcester Industrial Park project hasn't taken off the way the city of Worcester had hoped it would. Uh, yeah, you know what? It hasn't taken off at all. Like, you don't even have to qualify that. It's not like it's been a limited success. It's been a totally a failure. I mean, it's not like the city has been sued and lost millions of dollars over it or anything like that, but it hasn't taken off. That's what you need to say. It hasn't taken off. It's not like they built a Whole Foods and they didn't get the number of customers. Oh, exactly. It's not like it was a partial success. It's not like the glass is half full here. The glass is way empty. The second paragraph starts off with the phrase, biotechnology company Pharmasphere had planned to move into the space. And that right there is a contested fact, right? I mean, all of us conspiracy theorists, bloggers on the internet, look at the situation and say, did Pharmasphere ever intend to move, plan move, to move into the space? Or was this whole thing just some kind of weird 
you know, who knows what it could be? Was this some kind of thing, you know, to, to make them look good for this or that investment? What, you know, like, because the, because the problem is that the only reason that we really know that they plan to move into the space was that they said that they planned to move into the space. But everything else that they've said to the city of Worcester, like, we're going we're gonna to move it on this date. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Every other promise that they've made, they've gone back on. Everything else that they've said has turned out to be wrong in regards to this project. So this is the one fact that the press still, I don't know, they still don't want to look behind this fact. I don't have a good conspiracy theory on this, unfortunately. I would have loved to have Bill Randall on the show today because I kind of think he may have a good conspiracy theory about Pharmasphere. Um, I just want to hold open the possibility of a conspiracy theory because the reality here doesn't seem very... Uh, very satisfying. It doesn't seem it, it. It doesn't seem very believable, you know. So when reality is not believable, yeah. I feel like a conspiracy theory could be a good way to at least uh, at least push the discussion forward. Yeah, you know, and I've never really seen Bill uh, flush out like a, a fully theory there, but I, I would tend to agree that it seems uh, on the surface that this is really nothing more than, at the very least, a very creative uh, and long-term uh, plan for some folks who are intimately familiar with how government functions uh, to take in a bunch of loans uh, from various governments to bump up stock prices. I mean, that's the best I could come up with for a uh, conspiracy theory, and, and I think the problem was that the market collapsed uh, before they were able to fully fully do that. But I, I've never seen any indication that there was a, an actual expectation that there would be a building uh, with people working in it, uh, growing periwinkles uh, down in the southwestern industrial complex. It seems like that plot of land was put on hold uh, precisely for a company to pad its uh, non-existent portfolio with um, you know a, investment money. Well, I just want to say, if you work for Pharmasphere and you're tired of these bloggers, you know, complaining about you and making up all these conspiracy theories about you, come on this show. We'll get you on via the telephone. Uh, you can email us at pieandcopy at gmail.com, and we're happy to have you come on the show and tell your side of the story. Um, I don't see Pharmasphere commenting. Like, how's the uh, weather in Nairobi? The weather in Nairobi could not be better. The weather. This is a way better subject than Pharmasphere. The weather in Nairobi is like, I don't know, it feels like it's basically 70, it's sunny, it is Orthodox Christmas today. Um, we have some, some Ethiopians around, so, uh, you know, they're Ethiopian Orthodox around, so we're celebrating this today. Actually, we're celebrating with, with Muslims today. <laughs> Orthodox Christmas, having a traditional Ethiopian uh, uh, feast I actually got to make. You, know, you ever have Ethiopian food? You know those. You know the giant pancake type things called injera, the, the sort of sourdough pancakes. I actually got to make one on an electric, uh, an electric injera maker, which is pretty exciting. Nice. Yeah. So it's pretty much like uh, just kind of culturally mind blowing. You know, it's definitely not Worcester, Massachusetts. It's definitely not. Um, yeah. So I'm look, just looking forward to exploring more of the city while I'm here. What's the weather like Perfect. in Worcester? Well, we miss you while you're gone, and it's freezing here. It's freezing. It's absolutely freezing, and uh, I don't expect that to change anytime soon because it's winter. I know. That's the hard part about living in Massachusetts. It's the obvious part, but it's the hard part, you know, that, man, it's cold, isn't it? You know, you, it is cold. Yep. You, guys, you guys tend to, like, go to the Caribbean for, like, a week in the winter, don't you? Uh, yeah, I, I yes. You know, I, I had never been to the tropics before and certainly never been to the tropics in winter. And now I know why people do that, because it's like my body is just so thankful that I'm not putting it through another month of Worcester winter. It's it's odd that uh, an area like New England ends up being so fertile in terms of like land production and whatnot. And people end up living here because during our agrarian times, it made sense because this is where the food grew. 
because you're absolutely right. When you do go down to like anywhere near the equator in the winter, your body just thrives. Like, I'm not thriving right now. I, I consider myself a pretty hardy guy, right? I mean, you know, the winter is what it is. It's not going anywhere, but yeah, man, this sucks. Man, a friend of mine in Worcester apparently has bronchitis and coughed after broke a rib from coughing and had to go to the ER. And all I can think is, how are you supposed to heal in January in Worcester? How is your body supposed to heal when the day-to-day, you know, like it, gr- it makes you tough. Like you could definitely say this, like I like that attitude. It may be a false idea, but I like the idea that, that the winter is making you a, a, a building character and making you a better person. But man, it, it's like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta get out of it. You gotta get out of it. If you're sick, if you're injured right now, man, you need to like go somewhere else for a week. Give yourself a break. Consider an investment in your own health. Go to Vermont. Sure, yeah, sunny Vermont. That would help. I don't know. Brenda Milliken, I want to I want to add I want to talk about something very exciting, uh, which is Twitter. Have you ever used the website Twitter? I have, uh, in fact, used the website Twitter. Brendan pauses because he doesn't know where this is going. Uh, Nicole posted this week that the city has uh, its own social media page. It's WorcesterMad.gov slash e hyphen services slash social hyphen media. And it's a list of Facebook stuff, RSS stuff, email stuff, Twitter stuff, and like online forum stuff for the city of Worcester. I don't know how that the online forums are social media or that the email thing is social media or that the RSS feeds are social media. I don't even know that the Facebook and the Twitter, the way they use them, are social media. But there's a social media page. What do you say? The, the page itself is, is less than social. It's really just a, a page of links. I, I was expecting a new page on the city website that I could somehow interact with my government. Um, instead, I got a bunch of links that, you know, at the time, uh, Twitter was down, so I was getting nothing but fail whales uh, when I was trying to sign up for all their new services. So uh, my social experience was not very social. This page is called Social Media and Information Sharing, just to be fair to the city of Worcester and the good people who did the work of putting this page together. Thank you. I have to say, I'll tell you what I endorse heavily on this page. I heavily endorse the Worcester Police Department Twitter feed. Because the Worcester Police Department Twitter feed points to the Worcester Police Department press releases, which are like the best way, I think, to keep track of crime in the city. That's my, that's my opinion. The, their press releases are always well written. I don't know that the um, newspaper articles criticize or, or, you know, or are going to contradict them you know, even one time out of 20. Uh, they get this stuff up there faster than the newspaper, and they're well written. I think a lot of times they're actually better written than the newspaper articles that come out of them, and actually more information packed. I'm a big fan of the Worcester Police Department uh, press releases. You know, we complain about other things of the police department, but hey, press release people, you guys are doing a fantastic job. Brendan, do you, do you use any of these things? Do I read them? Yeah, I, I read them all the time. I, I think that, yeah, and I agree with you. The press releases are spectacular. The only thing better than being than reading those press releases is being a part of uh, the crimes being reported. There you go. Being a victim of crime, which wouldn't actually be better, but would give you a better, better, better view of, of the crimes in, in process. Do you use any of these other things like the snow parking ban alerts or the golf course Facebook page or anything like this? Uh, I don't get a lot of use out of them. There was a time when, uh, before the city of Worcester started using Twitter and other ways to get out, like the parking ban um, information, uh, we had some other services in the city. There were some WPI students that uh, had a, a parking ban service that they used for, uh, through Instant Messenger, yeah. uh, a, a, you know, AOL Instant Messenger. 
uh, that actually functioned for me well at the time, but these days I have a driveway, uh, so I'm not parking on the street at all. I totally know somebody who had to pay a, f- a fine for getting a vehicle towed last year because of not knowing about the, s- the, the parking ban. People out there, if you don't know the parking ban, you need to come to this social media page and sign up to get like Twitter stuff sent to your phone or something because this could save you some money. This could save you some money and it could make, it the, make life easier for the Department of Public Works. What could be better than that? Everybody wins. Everybody wins because of social media. <laughs> that's what they say. Um, hey, Brendan, what else? What's going on in Worcester this week? What's that's exciting? Diane Williamson had a column in yesterday's Telegram uh, about a the lieutenant who oversees the chief of police's brother who was trying to file a complaint uh, that the uh, chief's brother threatened her uh, some four years ago, and um, the, the chief compl- claims that that complaint was never actually made. Uh, although she was transferred out of uh, that department and, um, you know, is continuing to, continuing to seek some sort of uh, satisfaction uh, in, you know, her transfer and uh, the altercation that she had with the chief's brother. Um, interesting story because uh, it's, as Diane Williamson frames quite well, uh, somebody is not being truthful in, in the story here. Um, not totally clear who that is. But, uh, again, there seems to be a bit of a, a whirlwind surrounding the chief of police these days. You know, I really like it whenever the columnists cover like a news story rather than like a feature type story, because, you know, there's plenty of feature stuff in the paper. And I don't know that they're especially strong feature writers, but there's a lot of news stories that need a healthy dose of opinion or somebody to like. I mean, like the Pharmosphere thing, it's really hard to report the story straight because it it feels like an outrageous story. The facts don't. The, the facts are hard to put in an order to make it seem like an like an outrageous story if you're writing it in a dry way, but it feels like an outrageous story, and that is missing from a lot of the stories. So I'm glad that I'm glad that oh yeah I'm always glad whenever they write something that's like a newsish a newsish thing. Yeah, you know we had we had somebody on Facebook say oh you should talk about blah 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 jailbird person. Um, people can go to our Facebook and see what they're talking about. I just want to say like. I don't know, have you ever been in jail? I've never technically been in jail. I was uh, ne- not never technically in jail. I was handcuffed to a fireplace at the um, the the what is it the the Quabbin Reservoir State Police Barracks in Belchertown, Mass. Was they don't actually have holding cells there. They they just have a fire. They have a big metal ring over a fireplace that's like up above your head, and they make you. They, so you, it's kind of like a weird form of torture where you're just handcuffed to this big metal ring. Um, and this is being done without your consent. Your, he- your hand up above your head. What's that? This is being done without your consent. This wasn't like it's, a fun. This, in fact, thing. was being done without my consent. I, I was not. Uh, yeah, I was not signing up for some sort of uh, you know handcuffed to a fireplace pilot program. Uh, this was something that was out of my control. Well, as somebody else who's who's maybe come close to being in jail, but never. I don't think ever technically. I've been in holding cells, but never jail. Never what I think of as the jail. I just don't want to throw around the term jailbird. I want people to be able to wear that term with pride. If people actually go to jail, we can call them jailbirds. Otherwise, I don't want to... Yeah, there doesn't appear to be any, any sort of incarceration here. Just, uh, you know, the trials and tribulations of, uh, of of Worcester Publishing. It's a hard world. It's a hard world. It's a hard tough, life. Tough gig. It's a hard town. Everybody who listens to this show, thanks for listening to the show. You know where we are on Facebook. You know where we are on the internet. Phone number and emails out there. Get in touch with us. Thank you.